I'm oblivious to you skeptics. What you hear, you ain't never hear till I repped it. Have a seat. Look, I'm finally getting you in a chair. Usually I be in your chair. Listen, we're switching roles. <laughs> we're switching roles here. You know, I've switched teams once in my life. Let's go. <laughs> you so said we switch doing? teams. You've always been good to me. You are. You always show me love. I appreciate that. Thank you, Jason. Listen. What are we talking about today, Jackie? We're talking Jackie, about everything Jason. Listen, it's Jackie Christie, so anything <laughs> can happen. Sex, dildos, motherfucking people jumping out of closets. Okay. Midgets, small people, whatever the fuck we supposed to call them. What are we doing, Jackie? No, no, I'm we, actually coming on your show when I bring those I'm, out. I'm ready. I haven't. I thought you would have came back on last time, you know, after I interviewed your daughter. I thought yeah. she was going to come on my show, but... You didn't. When you hit me and you was like, I thought that was so amazing, Jason. Just so everybody that don't know out there, you um, was, media don't do that. They don't normally give anybody a heads up at all. Somebody finally, and not just because we know each other and we've been knowing each other out here in L.A., but just the thoughtfulness of it to say, here's a heads up. And I'm surprised, you know, you're not the first, uh, Khloe Kardashian was the other person that just told me that recently when we dropped the story on her, but for you, I mean, I didn't know Chloe like I know you. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a real relationship. You've always, no, no matter what's happening, shown me love. Always been positive. Always looked out for me. Always encouraged me. And and then now I find it interesting that like when people say, "Oh, I believed in Hollywood and I believed in you." I'm like, mm -hmm. never cut a check. Never came on my show until we were popping. You know. But you've consistently always been that person. So of course, I mean, I was gonna definitely give you a heads up. Yeah. From stock. Yeah. From stock to two hundred nine. <laughs> Tell me about Stockton. What was it like growing up? Well, I remember up? when you was in Sacramento, beating bitches up. <laughs> I mean, Stockton, let me see. I'm from a city that's literally, it's 300,000 people. It's the first city in, first city of that size to go bankrupt in the United States. Lots of crime. It's interesting, you know, I'm on this whole journey of, you know, I'm at, I'm 41 now, so I'm grown. I'm at a, a point in my life where I'm discovering things about myself that I need to fix. You know, not what people tell me I need to fix, but... You know, I, my brother died when I was um, 19. It was very unexpected. And so I've carried that weight, no pun intended, around for a long time. This was the year I said, you know what? It was December 31st. I was on a boat in Miami and I said, I'm going to stop drinking tomorrow. I'm done. And I haven't drank since that day. That was the first step. And then I said, you know, I'm going to start working on my health and fitness. I'm going to start working on you know, really condensing the people around me because I had found that I had so many people in my ear telling me oh don't tell, don't tell. and people i trusted so you blindly trust people they start to their thoughts start to seep into your mind i really found myself shaping my behavior around what other people were saying and doing i literally woke up and i just cut everybody off and i um just really started reconstructing my life so this whole year has been about how can i become a better person how can i grow um in all areas of my life financially emotionally you know um instead of sexually and physically try to find something that has um, a little bit more of a reciprocation when it comes to giving of oneself. So, yeah, I'm on this whole new shit, and I'm just happy. I'm happy, you know, and I haven't been happy for a long time, so, yeah. You know, and I, I can hear it in your voice, Jason. Me and you have had conversations before, and I know you know Queen Latifah very well. You've always yeah, felt so her. highly of the Queen. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about your guy's journey and how you met her after foster care. Yeah, so, see, and you remember the foster oh, care yeah, part. You know, everything. I just went home. Um, side note, shout out to Charlamagne, I did the Breakfast Club, and, and I told him I went to Red Lobster, and he said, who fucked you good and took you to Red Lobster? I thought it was really out of line, but, you know, Charlamagne, whatever, Charlamagne I know, gonna say he gets a pass. No, I just recently went home and had uh, lunch with my foster family, my, the siblings that I grew up 
with they were older than me and uh you know went down memory lane again i think this is just like the whole year of like really starting to deal with real shit so well i went to church and then went to red lobster with them and um as far as queen latifah goes i mean when i came back to la i mean when i got back uh, home with my family in stockton i had been so isolated from the age of eight that i had not really known how to coexist with people and be free you know we had counselors we had structure we had the group home rules. You were from the group home to school to the group home, and that was it. Um, once in a while, outings, you know, but still very very controlled. And so when I got out, I was in the streets. I mean, I, I you couldn't keep me at home. I, I was 14 years old, and I would literally get a key to the house, and I would just be in the streets. So um, one day they said Queen Latifah was coming to the fair. My sister was a big fan. Word Up Magazine was big at the time, so my whole wall had different celebrities because I was just infatuated with the entertainment culture. Mm -hmm. And um, so my sister said, I want to meet Queen Latifah. I said, okay, cool, we're going to meet Queen Latifah. So we go down there, and we basically sneak in backstage and meet the queen. And we just kind of go back and forth talking shit. I was a really, I mean, I, I was talking shit early. So at 14, <laughs> I, I, I was 15 at the time, I was just like, why am I waiting all day for this autograph? You know, like, I'm a kid. This shit shouldn't take all day. Right. I got a bedtime, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, she just was so down to earth and so grounded and so real. And we just went back and forth. She was on Living Single at the time. Mm -hmm. And Living Single with Martin was the biggest shows on TV. So she, I said, give me a number. I'm, I'm going to hook you up. And she said, you know, if it's meant to be, you'll find me. You know, That's why I remember her driving off saying that. And then three late, three days later, I get shot in a drive-by shooting. I'm in the hospital. Oh, my God. And I have, yeah, I get shot. I'm laying in the hospital. I'm like, um... Well, I ain't got nothing to do. Dad, give me your phone. So I called 411. I found Fox where the show was on. They sent me to Warner Brothers. Long story short, I get on the phone with Queen and just talked to her a couple weeks ago. That's amazing, Jason. She's been in my life 26 years. So That's what I was going to say, your relationship. I remember before you started Hollywood Unlocked, you was telling me, you was like, Jackie, I got some big things in the works. I'm about to take this media thing by the fucking nose, and I'm going to run it. There's so much missing nowadays in today's media, and I'm going to do it. And you did it. Yeah, but you know it's so crazy, and talking to you is refreshing, because now I'm like in a whirlwind of converse like I just got booked on the Wendy Williams show like and I'm like that's the queen you know so like I'm it's this whirlwind of it happening mm -hmm. uh, that it's so crazy looking back very few people believed in me I remember you would always encourage me and you always believed it and I think the thing that was missing is you know you guys celebrities have a voice in their news right. I just felt like how crazy is it, especially now being on the other side of it having done TV mm -hmm. and being on Wild and Out and all that now I see, like, on the other side of it, I see both sides. So I'm like, okay, it's cool to serve the tea. It's cool to tell what's happening. But you got to include them in the conversation because exactly. the effect of a story can sh sh shatter somebody's whole life or their kids or, you know, their families. And so I felt like with Hollywood Unlocked, I wanted to unlock Hollywood and give the fan a front row seat to what's happening with their celebrity from the optics of what everybody's saying and what they say. So I've just been, um, you know, grateful people like you came on my podcast early before it was popping um, and, and just gave real conversation. You know, I always say to people, like, I feel like you're great TV. You're great. <laughs> you're just you're so interesting and fun to watch because you. you just feel very comfortable in who you are. And yeah. I think for me. The vulnerability of just being open and you know here it is you don't like it cool you like it cool you want to fuck with me cool you don't want to fuck with me fine you know but you'll always talk about me and you'll always put money in my pockets as long as you're talking 
And that's the truth right there. I just bought a big ass house, so you gotta come to my house. <laughs> Jason, I gotta come. That shit's so big, I got sonos everywhere. I be listening to gospel music at the pool, then I'm listening to gospel music <laughs> in the bathtub upstairs. It's amazing. You are the dream story for a lot of young Hollywood. Um, you was on um, Love and Hip Hop mm -hmm. Hollywood. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like for you? I think the first season, um, you know, it's a funny story on my podcast. There's certain things that piss the fans off, mm -hmm. and I do it all the time. They don't understand. I was a badass foster kid. So when you <laughs> say, don't do this, I do it. So they say, oh, he talks about Floyd Mayweather every episode. Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather was the first person who had never had a gay friend, right. gay male gay friend, take uh -huh. somebody in who's openly gay and controversial and say, I'm going to not only put my name behind you, I'm going to welcome you to my family, and I'm going to put money behind you. So yeah, I'm gonna talk. He deserves to be celebrated. I'm gonna wait until he dies to get up and tell some speech. I'm gonna fucking celebrate him every day. They also don't like when um, uh, I talk about love and hip hop because they were like, "Oh, he was an extra." I'm like, "No, I wasn't an extra, yeah. bitch. I had scenes that you definitely right." <laughs> but That's now that funny. they don't like me saying love and hip hop, I say love it every time I can get a chance. They yeah. be like, "Oh, you in love?" I say, "Boy, by the way, love and I love hip hop." Yeah, I be pissing them off because it gets them talking. But anyway, the first experience, I look at you on reality, and I'm like. You master it. You're so good. There are people will talk about, good or bad, you just talk about them. And I felt like you mastered it. For me, I'm like, I'm just going to go in and be me. Yeah. I'm not going to fight nobody. I'm not going to throw anything. I'm not going to step out of character. These people can't control me. I'm grown. I'm Jason Lee. I'm right. talking with everybody. First scene, through a drink. I'm like, damn. You know, like, damn. I can't get it through the second scene, third scene. Yeah. So for me, I think the first experience with reality TV was, it was really sad because I, I got depressed from all the blowback I got on social media. I wasn't ready for that. I was the guy in the background. I wasn't the guy that, I was the guy that knew all the celebrities. I wasn't the guy that people looked at as a celebrity or a public figure. Okay. So I remember just anxiety, um, scared, of, like, uh, not scared, but like, not really comfortable with doing bookings. People would want to book me in all these cities. I'm like, y'all not gonna fly me in and catch me slipping. So right. I just didn't do no bookings. I miss a lot of money. So that's why you would turn everything. Down. I would. I didn't do one booking. Not one booking. I would never go in. I would not post where I was anywhere because there was this whole online campaign to get me. So on one hand, <laughs> <laughs> on one hand, it's like I love Oprah and I listen to gospel music and I love people and I really am a a really heartfelt person. I I care about people. And then on the other hand, there's this public perception of me that I'm this evil, messy, and don't, don't, no shade. I can give you some mess for my job, but like, I felt like there was a separation between who I was and who the, who the show showed me to be. And I, and I'm a professional, so I'm not going to throw production under the bus. I'm going to own everything you see, because I did it, but it may have been edited a certain way to make it look even worse. But, um... Then I was able to do a second season. I felt like once I did the second season, it balanced it out for me, and I was good. I will say that one thing me and you shared that you might not know, I was in foster care. Really? Same ages as you, 7 to 14. Really? And that's yes, that's the age I was in foster care. Yeah, you know, my first foster family, um, they were they were church people, mm -hmm. and uh, but they were also like the church people that smoke weed. And, oh. <laughs> and, and that did all types of shit on the side. I'm like, hold on, Jesus sees all of this. We ain't at church with y'all. This, this whole operation is a fraud. Yes. I have one question I need to ask you, Jason. What? You are the king of tea. Okay. Is there ever a story that you put out that you wish you would have kept to yourself? 
You know, yes. Um, not even really a story. I really, you know, I don't, my team is really good. We have a really good communication system, so I tend to see every story that's going up. When a, when a writer writes a story, when they start a story, it goes in a certain uh, system, and then I see the title, so I can say, don't like that story, or yes or no. Sometimes I miss those, and then I'll be like, oh, shit, I just got a call from somebody. Um, <laughs> and so uh, the only story I will say I regret is um, I had met Beyonce, who I love to death. Mm -hmm. I love Beyonce. God, Yes. Oprah's on timeout because of what she did with Michael Jackson, so mm. we need to talk about Oprah. And then Beyonce. So I meet Beyonce for like the eighth time at the Rock Nation brunch, and you know, I'm so excited, like I don't give a fuck what it looks like on the outside. I don't care, yeah, my big ass running around in that suit and them shoes, and I was gonna do whatever I had to do to get this photo of Beyonce, because it's Beyonce. Mm -hmm. And uh, it went viral, they said I was chasing her and she was trying to avoid me or whatever, which wasn't true. But then, my writers, I wasn't on the phones, paying attention, I was asleep at the wheel, and they posted a picture of her kids, her twins. Well, nobody else had posted them because somebody took the picture in her house. And so I, I get a call from her publicist, Yvette, and I'm like, hey, Yvette. And we had just talked the week before about something else. So I'm like, hey. She's like, oh, baby, baby, baby. Um, we need them photos. We need them photos taken down. And I'm like, what photos? She's like, of, of Beyonce's children. So I go on Instagram and I see them. I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah. I mean, what's wrong? She was like, they weren't authorized, you know. Um, and we didn't approve of those, and yeah, I have to protect those kids. I was like, absolutely no question asked. I deleted it. Next thing I know, New Newsweek puts up this whole story of how I um, leaked Beyonce's photo. So I emailed them and said, I'm gonna fucking sue y'all because now, now you got all these bees on my page. This is the Beehive, which I'm a member of, is attacking me, and I'm fucking displaced again. They were former attacked. foster kid. Yeah. So um, I took the pictures down. And uh, that, I regret that that happened because I, with the with them thinking that Beyonce was throwing me shade, and then now these photos, I don't know what she thinks of me. So Beyonce, if you are out there, all I ask is that you please call me. You ain't never gonna call me, which is fine. But if you can call me, I love you, and okay. I'll babysit for you. Whatever. And you know what? Everybody knows Jason. You and Beyonce are great. Whenever you you see her, she always gives you love. You guys are in yeah. pictures together. So when I saw that little bit on social media about. Oh, that's a second picture, and they transpose it together. I'm like, Jason knows but her. But that's like, because you're in it, and you get it. For yeah. people that don't, that are on the outside, who don't know, like you just think whatever you think. I mean, for me, because I am the guy that does the tea and all that, it's mm -hmm. easy to throw anything on me, and people believe what they want. So as long as Beyonce know, hey, I don't want no smoke <laughs> with none. nobody, none. <laughs> I read once that you said you have no regrets in life. No. What did you mean by that? I mean, I love God. I really do. Like, I really love God. I love God. So, being molested was a bad experience. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't, but, but I don't harbor, at least that I know of, any issue with it because I've already been blessed to, with the strength to work through it. Being abused, being abandoned, everything that's ever happened to me, I own it all. So I don't regret anything. When people say, oh, I'm, you know, because, you know, I'm known to slide in the DM. If I see a fine nigga online, I will slide in that DM. He, he have a girlfriend, whole wife, kids, everything, I will slide. And you only live once. You only live once. My last boyfriend, who was amazing, was because I was an electric slider right in that DM. <laughs> an electric like, slider. <laughs> but, sorry, is there a note or something we get? Yeah.
Okay. Okay. Yeah, and so listen, I have last question for you. This one is. Did we answer that question? What was that question? If y'all gonna put it out, what was that question? The other one. What was the question you just asked me? Oh, I said you have no regrets in life. Fuck no, I regret that I answered that question. Okay, so so what we'll do? Cause see, with this one, we can edit anything out. Cause when I send it to you, you see anything? No, you ain't got to send it to me. Do it. Just do it. Okay. Listen, I don't care. I am coming back to television, so yeah, I'm excited to do that. Jason, I love you. And thank love you, you so too. much for joining me on Anytime. the Becky Christie Podcast. You know, I had to come in and look around make sure, <laughs> you know, nobody's going to hop out. Look, no, nobody's going to hop out, I promise you that. And okay. I know you headed to the airport, but thank you. Of course. Again. Oblivious to you skeptics. What you hear, you ain't.